What's going on, Spurs Nation? Rob Trejo Jr. here with the Spurs Tube Podcast, brought to you by SpursTubeTV.com. Make sure you go ahead and check out the site. Doing a lot of fun stuff over there. The Spurs fell to the Chicago Bulls 120 to 109. It was a very competitive game. I think first off, first takes is that, you know, from the last time that we saw these two teams play each other. The San Antonio Spurs had welcomed DeMar DeRozan back to the AT&T Center, and it felt to me very much like a rec league game. You know, it was kind of like, you know, you go to the rec and there's like the good court, right, where all the best players go and they play over there. But even then, you know, they're not really ding up. They're not really trying to check each other. They're all just trying to show off kind of deal. That's kind of the way it was the first time that they played each other. And this was the complete opposite. Now, the Bulls were missing a lot of players. They were missing Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso, and Zach Levine, right? So you would think advantage Spurs, right? We're really only missing, you know, Derek White from the last time that we played them. And we had just come off a two-game win streak. And, you know, we're playing great basketball. And that's that's still true. We're still playing great basketball. We we, we did not go through last night's game and just lay an egg and, and we we're, we just did terrible. I mean, we, we still shot 47% from the field. Um, we didn't knock down many threes, but, you know, neither did they. But we shot six for 20. They shot 10 for 24. Um, you know, so we, we, we got killed on the boards, 33 to 53. I think that's something that that has that was a huge factor because that's something that we usually do well you know is is compete on the glass um you know turnovers we we won that battle 7 to 15 so you think that would go our way we even won the battle in the paint you know we scored 70 points to their 52 um but what it really came down to was the fact that we weren't able to close out the fourth quarter now that sounds like the same story that we've been talking about all season right so you know that was it was a great game we competed you know we lost by um 11 points but it was much closer than that you know throughout the whole game um so we're going to talk about that a little bit more also want to remind you guys that we're presented by we're partnered affiliated partnered with maximum slim and their coffee love their coffee man every time i'm doing a podcast an article or something i got a cup of joe right here with me right so go ahead and check out they're 100% Colombian coffee. It's great stuff. It's a vegan, non-GMO. It promotes um, fat burning. It promotes focus and, and just overall kind of wealth. It's a great way to start your day. It's a great cup of coffee to drink if you love coffee, one. And if you're also just trying to get a little bit more active, get a little bit more focused, you know, lose some weight, things like that. So go ahead and check out the coffee. The link's in the description below. All right, so this episode, I kind of want to talk about a certain player, you know, I I don't want to talk about the whole game in general, Um, you can kind of go to SpursTubeTV.com, check out the article that we posted, you know, uh, it has the the, uh, SSPN post-game show on that article, it has the highlights, it has the post-game interviews from Coach Pop, Lonnie Walker, and Doug McDermott. And a couple other fun things on the article. So go ahead and check that out. Uh, But I do want to talk about Lonnie Walker. Lonnie Walker deserves his flowers. I'm going to give him his 
praises because in the past two games, he's trending upward. Now, I've been very, very critical on Lonnie Walker this season. You know, I have a, a video on YouTube that that is doing really well, and it's kind of on the debate of bringing him back or not. Should we let him walk or should we resign him this offseason? You know, and I think from the first half of this season, I think where everyone was kind of leaning towards the let him walk, that we all like him, we all love him as a player, as a person. Um, you know, he shows a lot of potential, but he hasn't been able to do anything consistently in this four years that he's been here, right? And and in that video, I kind of go in and highlight, you know, some things that drive me nuts, you know, as a coach. And I'm seeing him and I'm saying, man, these are the things that hold him back, you know, but the the positive is that with Lonnie Walker, even through his struggles, is that he can hit big shots, you know, and, and there's sometimes where he's knocking down big buckets. And in these past two games, Lonnie Walker has been trending upward, right? 17 points against the Pelicans, right? Two assists. That was a great game from Lonnie. And that was the first game that we kind of saw him wake up, you know, because it's kind of like he's sleepwalking out there. It's kind of like you never know what you're going to get. I mean, even Bill Land and Sean Elliott talk about it all the time on the broadcast. They're like, you know, it's not that we don't, you know, they, they even they say it. They say it's the the uh, consistency with his aggression on the floor. You know, that's that's his problem. He can't consistently put it together or game in, game out. He looks like he's the killer. He's out there to just be aggressive and, and give it to the other team. Half of the time, he's out there just kind of like lost. I'm like, how are you lost? You know, and 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 that's that's what he's been struggling with. But here we go against against the Chicago Bulls, and he had another game. So that's two. That's some consistency, right? Two games in a row where Lonnie Walker does well. He finished with twenty one points. That was a game high. Two assists as well. Five rebounds. Those five rebounds are huge for me, because you can probably count on both hands how many times Lonnie Walker's ever gotten five rebounds in a game. You know what I mean? He's he's been a little bit more aggressive. He had a couple steals, too, uh, in, in this game as well that led to some easy fast break points for him, some nice dunks, you know, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I don't really get all hyped on Lonnie Walker's dunks. I actually just prefer it if he lays it up, you know, because I feel like he tries to overcompensate with his athleticism in those moments. And it's like, bro, we need him to make right, you know, the right decision on the floor. And so I've been watching these games uh, for, the, for the past few games, and I've noticed something that, that stood out with Lonnie. And it, you know, I'm going to go back and tell you a little bit of a, of a story from my own personal coaching experience. And uh, you know, I had, I've, I've had players that, are really, that do really well on the JV level in high school, and then when they make it to varsity, they have you know, kind of like a confidence gap, you know, there's, 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 a, there's an adjustment period there where, where, you know, the, the game speeds up, you know, even, even in the high school level, the game speeds up from freshman to JV to varsity. Um, it gets a little bit better, a little bit faster. You have to think a little bit smarter. You have to react quicker. You can you got to make less and less mistakes as you kind of, as you go up through the ranks. And I had a player who, was a sophomore on varsity, right? Like he was, he was, a, he was the real deal as a freshman. You know, I had him on JV. He had a great JV year, his freshman year. He learned a lot, and then when he got to the varsity level, his sophomore year, I'm not gonna say names. He he kind of had like this 
everyone was wondering like what happened to him man he's like he's a really good player well, what's going on and so then you know he was on varsity for a while and then they moved him back down to jv so i can work with him um a little bit more hands-on because he wasn't you know able to crack the rotation at the varsity level um in order for him to get out of his little funk if you will you know what i mean so uh you know what i did was i took him back down to the jv level and then I, I had him in there for a practice or two and and i noticed it and honestly what, what i noticed with that kid reminds me exactly with, with what i see with lonnie walker right now you know because that's that's the thing is like half the time he doesn't look confident half the times he looks confused on what he should do it's like he has all the tools just like the player that i'm talking about did had all the tools can shoot drive was athletic uh you know can can really do it all on the offensive side of the floor and what i had to do with this kid is restrict his dribble limit right and so we're going through practice we're going up and down through practice and every time you know i i gave him two dribbles i go look you got two dribbles. Every time that you take a third dribble, I'm blowing this whistle and it's a turnover and we're going back the other way. Right? You know, so 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 that's what I had to do. And what that did uh for this kid is it makes him more it makes everything that he does more purposeful. He does it with more aggression. Meaning that he's not gonna waste just a dribble and just dribbling down to his side for no reason. He doesn't go anywhere. You know, if you're putting that ball on the floor, it's cause you're being aggressive with it and you're going somewhere with it or you're setting up your first move with it it's like you know everything has purpose with those two dribbles and if you look at the nba and you look at basketball in general that's that's how the game was played you know people who there's only a few people that can dribble more than more than two or three times and and be successful with it you know you're talking about the elite of the elite you're talking about curry you're talking about harden you're talking about Kyrie. you're talking about all those dudes that are able to dribble, 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 and actually turn that into something positive. Now, where what I think Lonnie, you know, where I'm bringing this back into Lonnie is because I'm noticing the same thing. You know, I, I was debating on doing a, a film room. Uh, I still might. We'll see how how the trend continues. Of two, or actually with Lonnie, sometimes it's three, but two two dribble Lonnie versus two plus dribble Lonnie, two and under plus versus two and over right? Whenever Lonnie Walker takes more than two dribbles, you see some of the most boneheaded things that you see that you can imagine, right? He's taking two or three dribbles and he's passing it to nobody, or he's taking two or three dribbles and he's taking a um, an ill-advised shot, if you will, versus Lonnie taking no dribbles, meaning catching and shooting it, catching it in cutting back door, finishing at the rim, or Lonnie taking a one dribble pull-up you know, like off the catch, boom, pump fake, one dribble pull up, or he's taking, you know, one or two dribbles max to get to the rim. When Lonnie comes and he catches the ball and he's taking one, two, three, four dribbles off a of pick and roll, you know, that's when you start seeing some, some of these, you know, that's what makes you scratch your head and you're just like, man, come on, Lonnie. And to me, it's because during those four dribbles, he can't figure out what to do. You know, he's like, okay, am I going to pull up in the mid-range or should I go all the way to the basket? There's too much time there um, for him to overthink. And that's that's the thing with Lonnie that I've been saying for two years. For two years, I've been saying that Lonnie Walker needs to turn into a J.J. Redick type player, shoot Doug McDermott for that instance, you know, Clay Thompson. All these guys never put the ball on the floor. 
You know, they, they, they never put the ball on the floor to score. They're catching, they're catching and shooting, catching pump faking and shooting, catching, catching, putting the, the ball on the floor once and getting to the rim. You know what I'm saying? That type of basketball is where Lonnie Walker needs to live in order to be successful in this league. I know that Lonnie can do a lot of things, but he's showing that he can't do any of them consistently when he's trying to pack it all into one package in a game you get one or two maybe five games a year where you actually see him knock the three ball down get the mid-range jumper going and finish at the rim you rarely see it it happens but you rarely see it and that's the consistency that we're talking about but in these past two games what I've been seeing is Lonnie make quick decisions with the ball and that's and that's and that's the difference you know I'm seeing it I'm seeing both in these games you know, go back and look at it. Look at Lonnie and how he performs off more than two dribbles. And then look how he performs with two and under, meaning where he doesn't dribble at all or when he takes maybe two max. And that's the Lonnie Walker that's successful. That's the Lonnie Walker that uh, that can make it in this league. That's the Lonnie Walker that you need. I mean, if you go back even to the Golden State game that we had earlier this season, look at Lonnie in that game. Lonnie was locked in. I remember thinking that was the most I've ever seen Lonnie Walker locked in. And he caught that ball with purpose and he knew what he wanted to do. Half of the time when Lonnie catches the ball, it looks like he doesn't know what to do, what he wants to do. And it's like, dude, you got to be thinking two steps ahead. Before you even catch that ball, you got to already know what's happening on the floor and knowing what you're going to do with it. If it's catch and pump fake, catch and drive, catch and rip, catch and attack back towards the middle or catch and make that make the next pass to the open shooter in the corner, whatever it is, you got to be ahead of the game. You can't you can't just be making decisions as soon as the ball cat cat, you know, comes to you. And that's where Lonnie Walker um, struggles. He struggles in that regard. And then that's what that's when you're when you're talking about between the years stuff, how everyone's like, man, Lonnie has all this potential, all this stuff, but it's all between the years. Yeah, it's like, yeah, sometimes he I feel like he questions if he should even run back and sprint back on defense. That's something that I talk about, too, in, in that film room that I did earlier this year in January was that I don't know why he doesn't sprint either up the floor on offense. Like, you know, we get the ball and DeJounte wants to push and Lonnie's just kind of like trotting two or three steps it takes him to actually put the ball you know like like put put the speed on and and sprint up the floor you know sometimes he takes a long time to even do that you know and then it's the same thing sometimes he'll he'll take a shot and then he won't be the first guy back on defense or second guy back on defense it's like bro get back use your athleticism and your speed in the little things in the little areas of the floor like sprinting up and down the floor you know you know so so Lonnie has had two great games and I'm seeing more of what I want to see out of Lonnie, which is quick decision making and making the right decision. It's not gonna, they're not gonna be right all the time. You know, you're not gonna be perfect. But in order for him to succeed in this league and get another contract past this season, maybe with us, maybe not with us. If Lonnie hits his stride, then I think he he there's a spot for him on this team. There's a contract coming from for, for him from us. And I remember talking about it on on a show that I did in the past that Lonnie is like one playoff series, one playing game out outbreak from just like really making a name for himself because he has that. You know, we don't get on the national stage that much. So whenever we do, say we get in a playing game 
and Lonnie shows out, Lonnie can probably get a team out there to really be like, oh my gosh, look at this kid. You know, let me let's give him a contract. But it's inconsistent, like everybody talks about. It's inconsistent. Now, if I was coaching Lonnie in the summer, if I was coaching Lonnie during the offseason, or maybe even like during this all-star break, you know what I mean? I would work on decision making reads you know you know like learning reads and how to how to react the right and make the right decision on what on if the defense does this what do you do all right well what if they do this instead what do you do you know or what you know like work on those little things and then work on his two dribble game meaning catching and shooting catching pump fake shooting catching one dribble pull-up shooting sidestep pull-ups um two you know one dribble get to the rim and and seeking contact. We all know that Lonnie Walker is like he's super frail. He he breaks easy, man. Lonnie Walker breaks easy. He, he, like every like in this game here. No, it was against the Pelicans where he he catches this like that alley oop pass from Dejounte Murray. Right, you guys know which one I'm talking about. Dejounte Murray threw him this alley oop. It was crazy high. He caught it and brought it down and windmill did and laid it up. It was real nice. And then the next play back, he goes over a screen and then he's like limping. It's like man, dude, Lonnie needs to get stronger with his lower half of the body and and his footwork. It's all about his defensive footwork positioning. You know, the reason why Lonnie gets so jammed up on screens is because he can't drop low enough, turn his hips, turn his feet, and chase over a screen. He has to go through it. He's always going through screens, man. It's just like, bro, get lower, get more agile with his footwork and with his agilities and, and, and learn how to maneuver. You can't maneuver well on the defensive side of the ball, man. And and I don't. I've seen Lonnie. He almost gets hurt, like every game, every other game. Sometimes it's not even through contact. He'll lay it up and he'll he'll fall down, and then he's like, ah, oh, my wrist, you know, or he'll or he'll come off a screen, bump knees, and next thing you know, he's limping, he's limping, he's limping. It's like, oh man, come on, man, you can't be getting hurt, bro. Not not when he's having a great game. He'll have a great game on offense, and then he comes down, goes through a screen, and then he's out for the rest of the quarter or whatever, you know? So he's had a great showing in these past two games. That's why I'm, I'm here to talk about what he needs to do to get better, to see more of the floor and to get something consistent going for himself because I want to see Lonnie succeed. I want to see him get another contract. If it's with us or what not, whatever, you know, he's a spur player and, and, you know, I want all these players to be successful. You know, that's why I'm, that's why I'm really glad that Brian Wright actually traded Derek White to a team where I think he can do that. You know, go back to Spurs Tube TV and check out my article on that. But that was one of the boxes that that I think the reason why this trade was so perfect was because it sets Derek White up to be successful. You know, and I want Lonnie Walker to be successful as well. But, you know, he needs to stop thinking. And I know, I know I said this too before in the earlier in the season, nobody wants to put Lonnie Walker in like in a box. No one wants to like pigeonhole him here. This is like, this is all you're going to do. And we don't want to do that here in San Antonio. For the past three or four years, it's like, okay, Lonnie's, he has the the three-point shot, but he also has a mid-range game, and he's also a pretty good finisher at the rim. You know, we're going to let him kind of just decide on, you know, give him the freedom to play, right? You, you want to give Lonnie the freedom to do everything he can, and I think that's a mistake. That's a coaching mistake. That's a coaching staff mistake because he's not, like we said now, like we see now, he's not that efficient, at doing that. He's not that efficient at making those type of decisions on what to do. And that's where the coaching staff needs to come in and be like, hey, look, this is what you're going to do. 
You're going to be a three and D player. You are going to look to shoot the three ball as much as you can. Forget about getting to that mid-range jumper off the pick and roll. Forget about it. Forget about it. Those are Devin Vassell's touches now. Those are DeJounte Murray's touches now. And that's it. That's it. Spread the floor. And I'm telling you, if Lonnie Walker decided today that he's going to play exactly like Doug McDermott, I guarantee you he's going to be successful in this league. And he turns it around. I guarantee you. You know, so, you know, that's that's where the coaching staff needs to kind of help him in a way by reducing kind of what his role is. If he's in transition, bro, it's like he needs to go to the rim. And sometimes he's not He's You know, Noah McGarrell George talks about it all the time. He's a below average finisher at the rim. That's because he avoids contact. He avoids contact. He will do a 360 windmill between the lungs between the legs layup to avoid contact. You know what I'm saying? Versus like the way Keldon or, or Devin or DeJounte just, or even DeJounte avoids it a little bit, but like Keldon and Devin, they do a great job of just trying to go, you know, take the bump. They'll take the bump and try to finish. And that's what it takes. And if Lonnie Walker can go into contact, bro, he'd be dunking on everybody. He'd be dunking on everybody, but he doesn't want to. He wants, he wants to avoid it. He wants to do an up and under swoop, you know, and, you know, layup to to f- try to finish that versus just going into contact trying to get the end one and going to free throw line you know so so those are the those are the the areas in Lonnie's game that are holding him back so you know it take it's going to take some of that in order for him to be consistent last night against the bulls he showed us that he can hit the three he showed us that you know he he can make some good reads on defense and come up with some steals he showed us that he can hit the mid-range a couple times, you know, a game and all that stuff. Yeah, but but like I said, you can probably count. He probably has about 10 of those games a year. 10. Like, it's not like he does it every single night, you know. 7 out of 10 games, you wonder where Lonnie's head is at. You wonder where he's even at. Why isn't he being aggressive all the time? You always ask yourself those questions. And in these past two games, he's shown some consistency, He's shown some shot making. He's shown some pace. He's shown some willingness to kind of get after it. Um, in the Pelicans game, he went like eight for fourteen or eight for thirteen or something like that. But out of those eight shots, five of them were just of him sprinting the floor and Dejounte catching him on the break or him cutting, um, cutting in the half court. You know, just making a, a simple cut and then you know Dejounte finding him and he gets a layup. You know, only two or three of those shots came from him off the dribble, him trying to create for himself. We all think of of Lonnie as this guy who can create his own basket, but I'm telling you, he, he can't do it consistently. He can't. And that's not a knock on him because that's really hard to do. I'm not, you know, that's not, I'm not trying to say that he can't do it and he's never going to do it. He might be able to, but I'm telling you right now at this point in time, he needs to simplify his game. You know, simplify your game, run. Um, two dribbles or less, Lonnie. I'm telling you, if we see it, if next time, if you're listening to this, and the next time you watch the Spurs play, pay attention to two dribbles or less, Lonnie, versus two dribbles or more, Lonnie. Okay, there's a huge difference. A huge difference. Okay. Now, you know, Lonnie is in a, is in the hot seat, if you ask me, this season. You got guys like Devin Vassell, Joshua Primo. Um, now you got guys like Josh Richardson, who who honestly is is already up there with Lonnie or not more. You know, 
that might be another reason why he's playing well in these past two games is because he has a guy like Josh Richardson that we got in the trade from Boston and a guy like Romeo Langford um, that can possibly take Lonnie Walker's spot and minutes. And he needs to not let that happen this season because his future in this league depends on how he does in these remaining 20 games. And if we can actually get to the play-in and what he can do there. You know, so Lonnie Walker's trending upwards, right? So that's a great sign. It was a tough loss. You know, we, we couldn't put it together. You know, go to SpursTubeTV.com. Check out the article on the game. Check out Maximum Slim. Their coffee is amazing. The link is in the description below. We're having a lot of fun on SpursTubeTV right now. Make sure you just subscribe to the channel on YouTube. Rate this podcast. And we'll be back at it again tomorrow. Go. Spurs go.